Hey, so I'm Mike Chikvala. I work for the City of Madison Transportation Department, and I have a presentation here to talk about uh, the East-West Bus Rapid Transit Project. And today we're going to focus on the kind of the east side, east end of the line, and particularly the area around Mendota Street and the proposed routing in that area. Uh, so tonight's agenda, welcome from Alder Balde and the introductions. Um, I think we can keep going here. Uh, introductions, we have Justin Stewartberg, General Manager of Metro, David Trowbridge, and myself, Mike Chakvala from the City of Madison. Um, and I don't know if Mick is on the line, I don't believe he is. Uh, the, we have a number of consultants helping us with this project. AECOM is the lead. Uh, Urban Assets is also helping us with community engagement, so we're thankful for their help. Uh, so, review of the locally preferred alternative. So, um, okay, well, we'll do a quick introduction of bus rapid transit. Uh, direct routes with fewer stops compared to your standard local bus, frequent all-day service, typically every 10 to 15 minutes throughout the day. Bus only lanes were feasible. Transit signal priority to help reduce uh, delay associated with red lights and traffic signals. Off-board fare payment to speed up the boarding process, branded stations and buses to make it for people to use. Uh, benefits of BRT, improved mobility, future growth and development, improved access, employment and education, increased quality of life and more sustainable communities. This is kind of why we're, why we're doing this whole project. Example mm -hmm. of a BRT station. So as you can see, compared to a bus stop, it has much, much more presence. Uh, this is an example from another city, but uh, you see the shelter is, is, is more substantial and has sort of a, color scheme and branding that's associated with, with the BRT system. Um, you can see the seating is a little bit nicer. You see the, the platform is raised. It's about 12 inches off the roadway uh, plane, and that makes boarding and lighting easier and faster. Uh, there's ticket vending is, again, off board so that people can pay their fare and then just get on and off the bus faster. Uh, Real-time arrival. Uh, Signs, I don't think are in this picture, but they're there. The adopted locally preferred alternative, which is uh, kind of what we call the general routes, stations, locations, and, and, and scope of what we're of the project. 15 and a half miles, 27 stations, uh, service throughout the day, bus every five to 15 minutes on weekdays. So it would serve approximately 83,000 residents and 110,000 jobs. This is a map of the corridor that was adopted by the Madison Transportation Policy and Planning Board. Um, generally goes from the West Town area to the East Town area through the most heavily used parts of the Metro Transit system. We're picking up University Avenue, serving the West Transfer Point, uh, going through the University of Wisconsin camp campus, around the Capitol Square, and then out East Washington Avenue. Uh, serving Madison College and then back to the end of East Washington. Again, this was the route and stations that were that were adopted earlier in the year. And so we'll be focusing on the east end of this. Project development, this is where we are now 
Uh, project development is a, is a phase of the project that incorporates more detailed planning and design to bring the project closer to implementation. This is where we start looking at more of the details. Um, and so we're, this is, we should be doing this for about three years. Uh, and this is, this is part of the federal small starts process. So it's important to kind of follow their, their guidelines. Uh, construction in 2023 and 2024, and the goal is to have the system operational in fall of 2024. We normally do a major service change in August every year, so probably August 2024 is when everything should be open and operational. Uh, goals of the project development process where we are now refine the routes and stations a little bit further. Uh, detailed design and engineering for the routes and stations, complete the environmental review process, uh, NEPA is part, part of the process, work with the community and build support, which is why we're here today, secure third-party agreements, finalize local funding sources, and then secure the FTA small starts funding, which is a federal uh, portion of the, of the funding pie. Uh, so here, is, again, is a look at the corridor uh, the goal here with this slide is to focus on the service plans, how it will actually operate. The main BRT route is the blue line, which is the same as the blue line on the previous map. So that basic route will go back and forth every 15 minutes, the service every 15 minutes from roughly 6 in the morning to roughly 8 in the evening. Uh, and then... Evenings, weekends, it may drop down to every 30 minutes, but uh, generally it'll operate every 15 minutes. There will be a second line that will be like, this yellow line here will operate over, between the Capitol Square, out University Avenue, and then at rush hour, it'll continue out to Middleton and come back to sort of consume those routes that are existing uh, in Middleton, coming in the University Avenue corridor. Effective that will be to effectively triple up service on the main part of this corridor during rush hours and double it uh, during the middle of the day. So that'll provide a bus every five to seven and a half minutes through the main part of this corridor between Sheboygan Avenue and downtown uh, for most of the day on weekdays. Oh, sorry. And then the, uh, the third route will be this green line, which will operate from the north side of Madison to the south side of Madison generally every 15 minutes, some, sometimes it will be every 30, but then that will uh, add to the service in the main part of the BRT system on the through the isthmus and through downtown. And so the effect will be service every seven and a half minutes generally on through the isthmus on East Washington. So the impact of all this is north and tra south transfer points will have service uh, every 15 minutes throughout the day, that's a that's a big threshold to get people to use the service without, uh, you know, having to look at schedules. And if you miss it, uh, waiting for 30, 30 minutes is a long time. Improve systems capacity by adding, adding the five-minute service in downtown. And then the system is ready for upgrading that north-south line to a future BRT system. So the, the background is we will have the buses and the service in place we need to do the north-south line. The next step will be building the stations. And uh, so the, the ultimate goal is a full build out of both the east-west and north-south BRT lines. So proposed refinements to that locally preferred alternative 
that was adopted early in the year by the Common Council. Uh, so here's a map of the running way. The green lines are mixed traffic. The red lines is side running bus lanes and the blue lines is center running bus lanes. The big change, uh, Mineral Point Road and Whitney Way and East Wash go from side running to center running. There, there are several uh, uh, benefits to that. Mainly we're re removing the, the conflicts with bikes, um, right turns, delivery vehicles, people who are parking short term and parking even though they're kind of not supposed to be there, garbage day, all that stuff. Um, we're, we're able to have our own dedicated lane in the middle of the street. Um, and so this is kind of a schematic of what that would look like on East Washington Avenue. So this could be Patterson Street or it could be Baldwin Street. Uh, so we would fill in the left turn bay and remove this eastbound left turn. That gives us room to build a BRT station uh, in the in the middle of of the of the of the road. Uh, and, and then the, the buses would stop there, open the left side doors, have doors on both sides of the bus, uh, serve the passengers, and then keep going. Most of the left turns will be accommodated. Uh, so in, in the other direction here, you can see there's no station on that side of the street. So a westbound left turn in this instance would merge through the into the red bus lane and then into the left turn lane and then make a left turn that would probably be a protected only left turn with a with a green arrow um so anyway we have bus lanes in the middle and then two general purpose traffic lanes uh remain uh and then in order to accommodate the capacity that we need on east washington during peak periods we would restrict parking uh, so, for example, outbound in the afternoon and inbound in the morning. And so for those few hours of the day when we need that third lane, uh, we would we would have the third lane. Uh, one, one impact of that would be we would lose the bike lane and the parking during that, uh, during those couple of hours. However, uh, it, it is important to keep in mind that with the alternative of, of side running bus lanes, we would basically remove the bike lane and the, the parking all the time. And so there'd be no parking or, or bikes at all in the corridor. With this alternative, we have bike lanes and parking lanes most of the time, other than for a few hours a day. Uh, so as we go past the Isthmus, we go up to Madison College and then come back. I'll talk about this in a second, but what we'd like to do is use this pathway through Mendota Street to connect between Anderson. So we'd come to Anderson, go across Stoughton Road, Mendota Street, and then we can return back to East Washington Avenue. Now in the past, because we didn't have time or resources to look at it uh, in depth, we kind of just had the BRT line ending at the East Town Mall. We have a station in the interior of the parking lot there. Um, but in further analysis, we, what we'd like to do is keep the BRT route on East Washington and go out and back East Washington. We would be completely on East Washington. Uh, there are where we get a fourth lane in each direction on East Wash between Portage and uh, East Springs Drive. We would like to convert that fourth lane to bus only, It'd be bus and rate turns only. There's a separate bike lane. Uh, the, the rationale there is that, that that fourth lane provides very little actual capacity. It only exists for these uh, uh, less than a mile, perhaps four or five blocks. 
and it's effectively a circulation, you know, uh, right turn lanes for for the mall, for streets going going towards the mall and towards the north side. And so cars would still be able to use it for that purpose. They just wouldn't be able to drive in it for more than one block. Some other benefits of this is that we do not have to acquire any land or have any kind of agreements, easements with any private landowners in here, including East Town Mall. We can build the infrastructure completely on uh, public right-of-way. And so that drastically streamlines and makes the, the, the project faster and easier and, uh, and less less likely to have delays. Um, the other th benefits here is that in the past, we, we were only really serving the mall and anything you could walk to from the mall stop, which which, which wasn't that much. By, do, by extending it to East Springs Drive and staying at an East Wash, we actually provide much better service and access to the residential areas on the north side of East Washington, including several uh, multi-family housing uh, areas on the north side of the mall which provide uh, demand and ridership to the, to the line, which I think will help It'd be good for the system overall, provide better utility for the system. We'll put in a station at Independence Lane, which would be a station pair right here, which is basically the only unsignalized intersection on the corridor. We would add a signal there. And so besides uh, putting in a station there that serves both the mall and the residential areas on the north side, is also provide a very, very good pedestrian connection across East Washington, providing uh, better pedestrian access across East Washington because you don't have the, the conflicts with the left turns that you do at all these other intersections. So the intersection would be much simpler and uh, less complex and wider medians and all that kind of thing. So besides the BRT benefits, it would also be beneficial for the neighborhood. Uh, so let's talk about this area. So this is what the, the, the dark blue line here is, is kind of the, the preferred alignment that we're investigating. And, uh, you know, our goal here was to bring this to the attention of the neighborhood and, and people who might live in this area who might, might have concerns about it, um, you know, and so we have, we have several ways that we can go through this area. One way is the, the dark blue line that I mentioned, Anderson. There is currently a, a bike and pedestrian connection between Anderson or the, the East Frontage Road and Mendota Street. So that connection would be need to would need to open up to, to buses as well, but it would not be open to general purpose traffic. Only bikes, pedestrians, and buses would be able to use it. Um, the other way we could do it is kind of the, the, the default or the 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 uh, you know the the other way we could do it is is going down Soton Road and then onto East Washington, but this is more out of direction. And the main problem with it is that this signal here at Stoughton and East Wash, it's a big eight-phase signal. It's very congested. Uh, it just represents a lot of delay and then also uh, potential congestion. If there's crashes, I'll go into more of that later. Um, the other thing we could do is just go straight across East Washington. Or the last option would be to do what we actually do today with Route 6, which is go up to Kinsman and then come around, but it's very circuitous. So the direct East Washington route, no service to Madison College. And so we would need a duplicative secondary route between downtown Madison and, and Madison College, which would be an ongoing operational cost. It would be more expensive 
and less desirable. Our goal is to kind of connect the whole complete corridor with one route with very good service on it. And that really doesn't meet that goal. Um, the Stoughton Road route, again, it's it's just, it's highly under, undesirable because of the signal delay and the traffic congestion, but also the indirect routing. Uh, it's a choke point for incidents. You know, if the corridor backs up, generally the worst, most, the worst, most congested signal is kind of becomes a choke point and, 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 and this is it. Uh, potential major reconstruction of the intersection in the future will probably come. And so, you know, we would, in that case, we can just we we wouldn't have to do detours. Um, we could we could we could just uh, pretty much be immune from from anything that could come up in in the on the Stoughton Road corridor. Uh, the Mendota Street route is, of course, what we what we've identified as the, the best uh, route from the BRT perspective. It's direct. It serves Madison College. It's mostly immune to delays and incidents, but. We are not uh, unaware that there are some potential impacts to the neighborhood. There are 16 homes along Mendota Street. It's effectively a local street today. Uh, and so it would have buses going back and forth on it. And then the Route 6 routing via Kinsman is, provides very good service to Madison College, but it's just unacceptably circuitous. And the crosswalk at Madison College would, would give us lots of delays. This is just really not in line with the vision of BRT. It just takes too long. That's too circuitous and takes too long. Uh, so the Mendota Street option, the, the, the main benefits are the reduction in travel time and the elimination of, of uh, reliability problems with the highly congested intersection. And the obvious trade-off is the potential impacts to neighborhoods with the new bus traffic. Although uh, the bus, buses would all be 100% electric and so they would be clean and quieter and there would not be any bus stops on Mendota Street itself. They would just be using it as, as a way to get from here to there between the two stations. Um, this is what the, the connection currently looks like. Um, so again, open to pedestrians and bicyclists, but not open to the general purpose traffic or buses in any way. Uh, and so this is the, where we would need to go through. Uh, so the, the Mendota Street uh, connection for buses would be only open to buses and bikes, not general traffic. It'd be narrow, one lane only. Uh, you know, bus stops or stations along Mendota, bus every 15 minutes, destruction, electric buses only. Uh, so there, right now there are 1,300 cars a day on Mendota Street, according to our traffic counts. So this would be effectively an increase of traffic of above about 8%. Um, and importantly, the right-of-way all exists. So the, the Mendota Street right-of-way is continuous actually out to the Soden Road frontage road. So we would not have to purchase any right-of-way or have any uh, lease, lease agreements or anything. Um, any anything like that. So one one thing that's important to us is preventing traffic from using it. We don't want people to find out about it and then use it to, for their own personal benefit. Uh, obviously, the the first you know a couple of things we can do is clear and foreboding signage, uh, design features to make it hard to find and hard to use. As as you see from the way it is today, it's really nothing from pre preventing cars from using it today. There's a bollard in the middle, but, you know, you can drive around it if you want. Um, so thinking about those design features to make it unattractive and hard to use and make it clear that you're, you're really not supposed to be here. Uh, raised or missing center, potentially video monitoring and potentially some kind of gate activated by buses. This picture on the right is an example of a busway in, in Oregon. 
Um, you can you can kind of see there's a missing center here. If a car really wanted to drive on there, they could, but it clearly looks like you're not supposed to be there, and that, that would be kind of the goal. Um, I'd, I'd like to avoid at all costs any kind of mechanical uh, electronic gauge or anything that we have to rely on to operate um, if we can avoid it, if we have to, there, you know, there, there, there are options out there that we can, we can investigate. But the, you know, the main downside of those is that they would potentially fail, uh, either fail in an open way and then, or be vandalized, fail in an open way so that, you know, somebody vandalizes it so that they can keep driving through on their own. Uh, or fail in a closed way so that we get we get there and then the gate doesn't open and then we have to back up and then we're you know pulling U-turns with a 60-foot bus and things like that. So it's highly undesirable. Uh, passive options are definitely the best. So we've not done any kind of detailed design. Um, again, our goal was to bring this to to the community and and stakeholders ahead of time and kind of feel out how uh, how people would feel about about this, um, you know, we, we don't want to present it as something that is set in stone and can't change, uh, but we want to express the uh, the ongoing advantages to BRT that it would have saving people several minutes in each direction every day, as well as potentially lower operating costs to the city uh, because of the ongoing travel times, time savings. So, you know, the, the design could look potentially not that much different than this, it could be one uh, roadway like this, which is about 10 feet wide that would accommodate buses and bikes and pedestrians, or it could be potentially a second road, um, you know, potentially out to the left here. We don't know. We haven't looked at it in that detail, but there, there are different ways that we could design it. Uh, again, the goal would be to be able to have buses pass through quietly and efficiently while not, not letting general traffic go through. This is a look at the look at it from the other side. So right now I'm on the Stoughton Road frontage road. This is the Quick Trip, uh, and then Mendota Street is we're looking at, at looking into Mendota Street as it uh, in, on the left side of the picture here going going away. So uh, we would without a doubt maintain access to the Quick Trip. They, they almost certainly rely on this access into there, but we may reconfigure this. Uh, we would probably need to not have buses going over this drive apron, so uh, we probably need to reconfigure this in a way that uh, that cars and cars and potentially other vehicles, whoever needs access to the quick trip here, can get in. And then that's obviously the main way you're supposed to go. But then the buses have a way to 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 go through onto onto Mendota Street. Uh, so that is that is our presentation. Uh, Walter, do you have any questions? Um, so, questions? will there be any pickups and drop-offs on Mendota? No, buses would only be using it to get from the Mendota Street Station on East Washington to the Anderson Street Station on Anderson Street by near uh, Anderson and right by Madison College, but there would be no bus stops along Mendota Street. There would be right right at in front of hy and then also uh, the, the westbound station, which is basically just a block from these residents. So they would have access to the service um, within a block. I mean, it's worth pointing that out. So when the buses right. are coming, when they're uh, outbound, 
once they leave Mendora and now on East Washington facing the moor, there will be uh, a pickup station? Correct, yeah. So let me go back to the map if I can. Almost there. So this is where the stations would be eastbound, uh, just for Mendota Street. So the bus would make a left turn and then it would stop. There's currently a bus stop there near your Eric Spikes or whatever. And then Hy-Vee is right over here. And then westbound, we currently have a bus stop in front of the Home Savings Bank, which is on the west side of the intersection on the far side. In order to make the right turn, we would have to stop before the intersection. So the station would be on the near side in front of what's what's now a vacant lot um last last i last i went by it it was it was a vacant lot so the bus so the brt would stop there but then in between here and the madison college station there would be not not be any stops but but uh dave dave's correct that you know this this would be a a, a benefit to this whole area and that people would be able to um access the the brt system uh having a station within within a couple of blocks of their home um and then the grocery store is the hy-vee is, is an important destination for us and there's obviously people living and working on the south side of east washington as well okay so i know um you mentioned that uh an electric signal or an electric pole that basically recognizes the bus and let it in could run into some electrical issues and stuff like that. Uh, but if you just put a signal there, chances are very high that people who turn uh, right from uh, East Wars to Mendota, uh, knowing that the buses do go through, uh, in many cases will just drive through and pass in uh, onto uh, Stodon Road or something. Uh, what is it that can be done to help reduce that possibility? Uh, in the absence of putting uh, up an electrical pole that would recognize the bus and go up when the bus is around. Yeah, I think that would be our main concern. Um, you know, as the the first the first line of defense would be to just make it look like a place you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, there's nothing really physically here to keep you from driving over here. There is this pole. Um, but you know, you, you could just drive around. I mean, I, I know my car would fit in between this pole and this tree or whatever. Uh, so making it look like a place that you don't want to be, um, again, looking at this picture, uh, making it look very utilitarian and very, you know, municipal looking, uh, video monitoring, you know, and, and, Potentially signs even saying this area is being video monitored, uh, you know, uh, somebody's, you know, they probably look and know that it's there, but, you know, is it really worth the, the minute for you to, to, to get, to get a ticket or potentially get, I mean, we wouldn't be able to send people tickets, but, but you know, potentially having some interaction with, I, we could, I mean, if we knew somebody was violating it every every day or something we we could put a a, a, mm -hmm. a police out there and try to catch them um but again you know we could we could monitor it and if if those strategies aren't effective then uh you know the next step would be to put something active and physical in there uh, uh like a gate i don't think we pull that goes up and down um 
out of fear of damage to, to somebody's car that could get us in trouble or something. But but you know we we could have a gate that that opens and closes, uh, and that would that would likely be the the next course of action. And and we could do that if we had to. So from uh, Mendota all the way to the top end by the uh, East Town Mall, is that going to be a center lane or a, a right lane? That'll be a right uh, bus lane on the right, on the, the curbside lane. And the main reason for that is because we're making the eastbound or the westbound right here. Regardless of whether we go Mendota Street or Stoughton Road, we need to make the right turn. Uh, and we'd be in mixed traffic here. So it's just much cleaner to be able to make the right turn from the right side of the road. And the other, the other issue is up here on the east end. Um, however, we turn around, what we'd like to do is make a, a essentially a U-turn at the end. Um, if we, if we're starting on the right-hand side, we can make a, we have enough space to make a U-turn without doing any changes to the roadway. The other, and the final issue is that we have to lay over and charge. So the bus will need to sit at the end of the line for 10, 10, 15 minutes or something. And so off on the side, uh, that's just a little bit easier to be outside the traffic flow completely. And, and, uh, you know, the, it just, it just works a little better that way. So yeah, we'll here. So this may be outside of the BRT, but how does the other communities feed into the BRT? Are you guys going to have shuttle buses that runs, let's say, from the American Center to the East Spring Drive, or how is that going to work? Yeah, good question. So the BRT system will be part of the of the metro system. Uh, people, if, if they don't live or work directly on the BRT system, they they can transfer from other local routes. We're doing a, it, we're we're engaging in a transit network plan, actually, which is just starting now. That will look at how the system will be restructured to complement and connect with the BRT system, so that people can can uh, connect to the BRT system if they don't live along it. Uh, and so we'll 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 be doing doing that. And it's also an opportunity to look at any other changes that could be made to the kind of the core structure of the metro system. This will be a major change uh, to the system. Uh, and we don't want to have local routes duplicating the service. Um, and so we'll need to think about those connections. Very good. So I know you did say all the buses are going to be electronic. Uh, is that guaranteed or there may be some time when it is peak or that maybe some buses are running into some issues that uh, in fact uh, diesel buses may be possibility? No, they'll all be electric buses. Uh, the plan with this project is to buy plenty of electric buses so that we we can use them on all three of the BRT routes. We'll have plenty of, of electric 60-foot BRT buses with doors on both sides. Uh, and this, this, uh, this route would have service every 15 minutes as a, all, all, all throughout the day, so it doesn't really have a, a peak. Um, you know, it's, a, it's always every 15 minutes. It'll just be you know, kind of like clockwork buses just going back and forth. be kind of the same thing all the time. 
Um, and in fact, so these, those will be the only buses using the, using the, the BRT route. It, we won't be able to, we won't even have the ability to put a, a normal 40 foot bus on it because it won't have the doors on the right side of the, the bus. Um, and in the past, getting an electric bus was difficult, but the technology has advanced and now they're, they're pretty much available off the shelf. Uh, several, their new flyer is the main manufacturer that, that would, that would be the, the, the main, uh, they would be probably one of the more likely providers, but, and, and they, they have the technology off the shelf today. So it's, it's really not too much of a stretch to think that we can do this. All right. Well, thank you. I think the presentation is absolutely very clear. So, um, you know, I think the uh, Mendora route does make a lot of sense. It saves time, in my opinion, like you presented. And so the fact that uh, also the area is not very densely populated, but even if it were, the fact that the buses are not very noisy and uh, it's a true traffic, they are not stopping uh, on Mendora, I think that would help to uh, you know, um, if there are any public objections to it. 